for what it's worth, right? I don't, I doubt they're going to listen to the pod and try to take some advice from me, but I'm sure uh, Coach Bergie <laughs> and and the guys are going to get them coached up and just continue to play through your technique, right? Like. This is the Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Like, we've been so blessed to have this run of amazing linebackers here at SDSU. Defense has a pretty pretty solid base, and we did a great job uh, stuffing the run. He's actually our intern, so we have an intern. Um, I have to fill out the paperwork here sometime, but. And again, like, because they were so uh, dead set on selling out to stop Pierre, he had opportunities on a couple keepers up the middle, and that kid was, he, he was not going to just slide. Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan. Welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Uh, you have Matt and Kyle with you tonight. Um, just, uh, we have that first game under our belts. We're previewing the second game. Uh, what an exciting time of year. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Feeling great. Uh, got a good lift in, so I'm ready. I'm really amped to talk today. Uh, good. You know, it was a heavy lifting day, so we'll see if I'm too taxed. I'm not trying to <laughs> not trying to use as many fillers, so I think I got those out of my system. There you go. There you go. So, man, what an exciting three days this weekend of FCS football. You know, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Uh, that's pretty cool to have FCS football on those three days right in a row. Yeah, we um, talked about it. We yeah, talked about thought? it being a little bit interesting having a spring season and being the the only uh, show in town, I guess, you know, that, that gets to be under the bright lights. I listened to Ben and Brennan talk a little bit about would any of the major networks pick us up uh, for feature spots. And obviously this, the spring slate had probably already been solidified for them as far as um, you know, advertising and the sports that already uh, uh, get kind of more big advertising dollars like hoops. But it is exciting to kind of have on, on a Friday to be able to wrap up, you know, a, a wild week here in Texas, which was at a little snowpocalypse for anyone following the national news. So it was a little it was a little strange, but it was nice to be able to catch the boys playing uh, in the dome. I, I do I do want to pay homage to your rants and raves on the blog. <laughs> And bring it to life here a little bit uh, on the on the podcast because, man, I, I got to rant about something. And I guarantee you a lot of Jack's faithful and just people in general are going to know what I'm talking about here. That turf, uh, you oh, and yeah. I, I, I played on that turf specifically. But let's – and I, I don't want to be too harsh. I'm just going to call it like it is and call a spade a spade. But it looks like playing coffee still around the middle logo – or like a sewage backup and playing on that turf, you know, you and I's got great tackling, but I saw Pierre lose his shoe about three times. You can't get real good footing on there. As great as a program as it is. And I love Mark Farley and he, he's a no nonsense, no excuses type guy. He, I mean, I even uh, did a little preview earlier in the week from one of his interviews in which he talked about if he had to roll out 11 freshmen, he was going to have to roll out 11 freshmen. Mm -hmm. And shoot, he had to roll out a whole new offensive coordinator because Ryan Mahaffey got the okay to, to go be a be a coach uh, in the league. So kudos to him. Uh, I think I played against Mahaffey when he was when he was at UNI, but uh, huh. that was 
that's awesome because uh, apparently, you know, he they were singing his praises on the telecast. That's my first rant. My second rant is the telecasters themselves. Because what the heck, man? Like we 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 botch stuff all the time on here. Yeah. But I mean, our budget is a little different than theirs. Um, and yeah. <laughs> it's we. It, uh, I you know I, I begged on them enough on uh, on Twitter. I left them alone in rants and raves. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna get at, yeah, I'm not going to get at them too hard, but when like, man, so for instance, and we'll get into this more when we do the breakdown. But when Pierre got that, what I would call like questionable spot, well, very questionable spot that we ended up getting after review, um, and them them acting as if there was no way he got it. It looked to me we started out that play at the at the 34 yard line going in in the 34 yard line. And he got clearly to about the, the 45, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just wild to, to see them kind of play coy yeah. with the spot. But then um, not only that, the infographic, which I guess it makes a lot of sense listening to Sam Herder talk about it and Brendan uh, do their breakdown, but the alphabetical mixed with oh, yeah. the seeding of where people are currently in the standings in the Valley because it carried in fall games that may or may not have gotten played, but then it stacked everyone else down alphabetically. But UNI was still listed as UNI, but was in where the N would be alphabetically. And it was just, yeah. it was just a mess. And they had no idea. Clearly that got sprung upon them or in pre-production, yeah. they had no idea what was going on because they did not know how to handle that. They were, they were as dumbfounded as all of us. And I, yeah. I, at first, I was like, "Man, am I an idiot? I don't. I really am not following what's going on." And so, when Dallas texted that to the group thread, like, "What the hell is this?" I was, I was like laughing my tail off because I, I had no idea what they were trying to get across there. Yeah. Um, so that's my that's my rant. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got a lot of rays here. We can get into those. Yeah. So, Kyle, you you dove into you actually rewatched the game a little bit, and uh, you know. You, you've taken some notes and everything of what you saw. Before I give the, give the floor to you, I do want to give one rave um, that I missed in the Ransom Raves. I noted it on Twitter today, um, but, it, but I do want to make this very public because he deserves it. True freshman long snapper, Jaden Mueller, uh, made his debut against Northern Iowa, and we did not notice him once. And, and that's, awesome. uh, that's the mark of a great long snapper is when you do not notice him. And I think that uh, that was part of why I forgot him in Ranson Raves, you know, yeah. uh, replacing a two-time All-American and Brady Sorensen uh, as your long snapper. Uh, there was a lot of question marks. We thought we didn't know who it was going to be for sure. Uh, have it handled on those duties. And uh, Jaden did a terrific job. Let's hope he keeps it up. Yeah. And we were backed up a couple times uh, and had a procedural penalty. Bach uh, false started. Um, you know, we'll call him out and get that negative out of the way because he did plenty good defensively, which we should really be um, happy about moving forward into the into the Valley slate. Uh, I think one of the things that I, I want to highlight first is Coach X utilization of Mark uh, early, Mark Arnowski, using the pass to set up the run. At first, I was a little frustrated that we didn't try to kind of force the issue and run right at the defense. But when, when I rewatched it, and in real time, they had a lot of guys floating towards the line of scrimmage. 
Coach Farley likes to be multiple on defense. You could see a lot of different looks he was throwing at Mark. Surely to try to, you know, get him confused, uh, get him to, to play slow um, and kind of be indecisive and force the issue. But, man, that kid had moxie. He just played football. So that was excellent to see. Coach Eck getting him comfortable and into kind of the flow of the game with some short intermediate passes. Um, we worked in a lot of trades, shifts, motions, um, which can can always help a young quarterback or any quarterback in general with easier reads because you can see if they're playing you, man, are they going to roll the, sa- uh, the safeties? Uh, what's the look? Um, and Mark did a good job taking what the defense gave him, but also when he did look to stretch the ball down or push the ball down the field more vertically, he, those, those looks were open because they were floating, they were moving towards the line of, crowding the line of scrimmage so much to respect the run game uh, of Pierre and, you know, the other cats that we've got now, uh, Isaiah got, got some good uh, play there as well. Um, to, to respect that they had to honor it. Right. So it's like, pick your poison, like in, mm-hmm. in, in to Mark Farley's credit, um, I would have done the same thing, you know, stack the box and make the young quarterback or if it was Jabori or, or even, you know, Keaton, I would have had, had them do the same thing because mm-hmm. notoriously they they're an excellent defense. They're very similar to the Jacks. Only difference being they're a bit more multiple three, four, um, kind of bring, bring up even kind of quasi four, four looks if they, if they, uh, put down a, a down lineman on the end there, kind of give you an under look out of it, depending on if we have tight ends in the formation. Same thing with, um, you know, the Jacks, we run a four, three defense as a pretty, pretty solid base. And we did a great job, uh, stuff in the run, uh, you know, as well, but, but to the credit to the weekly honors, uh, offensively got to go with the, the true freshman quarterback who beat a top five team on the road. The only other true freshman that did that was Taron Christian in 2015 when he beat Illinois State at home, though. Um, and it wasn't his first ever collegiate start. So that's that was pretty amazing to me to see what Mark did. And, you know, we were all we were all like going nuts kind of on the group thread, just kind of awestruck that the kid was able to handle the situations that he was. Um, I, I'm pretty confident that if the crowd was was even more packed, that he would have been able to do the same thing. It just seems like he's kind of wired to do that. So mm-hmm. that, that was kind of cool to see. So obviously, you know, he had a good good completion percentage, but I would like to see him be a little bit more accurate. If uh, if I'm going to be constructive with some of the criticism, definitely want to see him putting the ball uh, like right at the eyes of the guys. Uh, that he's delivering the passes to so they can get upfield. He missed uh, Jackson Yankee one time deep. Jackson beat his guy pretty bad. Um, And he was just a little too juiced. I think we were all talking about that on the thread as well. Um, Let's say find some touch in there as well. You know, he he threw a lot of heaters. Yeah, yes, he did. Late late behinds a couple times when he was scrambling. And again, like, because they were so – dead set on selling out to stop Pierre, he had opportunities on a couple keepers up the middle. And that kid was, he was, he was not going to just slide. He ain't a slider. He has some dog, which I'm all about that. So, and then, uh, Heinz, unbelievable, uh, play in terms of, you know, securing, like catching the ball, getting what he can, making people miss. Definitely want to see him secure the ball and not, not hurt, hurt himself. Uh, on the one uh, turnover there, 
because that did stall what what was a good developing drive again. So, you know, we'll get into it when we talk more about defense too, but we had a lot of penalties, um, more than I more than I would ex- have expected, really. Um, not, I mean, the procedural penalty, penalty on Bach was a little frustrating just because there's not, I mean, there's not really crowd influence that I would, that I would imagine. Um, just a little overzealous. He looked like he was leaning a little bit forward on his haunches. And then uh, had, uh, had a couple, had one holding penalty on a nice run from Pierre. Uh, yeah, I get that, that right? West. Yeah. yeah, it was Wes, but Brinkman, I mean, he was an absolute handful that that kid's gonna he'll, he'll be on an nfl roster i've i've not seen him someone d- just rip through double teams like to the degree that he was which makes sense why they run a three four well <clears throat> wells did an excellent job as well i mean they were really they were really forcing uh pierre to bounce early i don't it appears mm-hmm. not been a back who who gets bounce happy but because his skill set is so broad he he does tend to trust himself a lot, right? So he was bouncing mm-hmm. it a lot. A couple times it got him in trouble, but again, first drive of the game. I mean, a lot of that yardage, those big chunk plays, were because of his, purely his ability mm-hmm. to That's make true and get upfield. So I mean, tons of respect across the valley for Pierre. We, we're going to expect more of that. Going to have to expect more teams are going to try to force whoever we have uh, under center try to beat us that way uh, mm-hmm. in the air. The offensive line did do a good job. I mean, that's a great UNI football team, right? I don't care who they lost, who, who they lined up. Those are some solid players, right? So, yeah, yeah. 29, I believe uh, McIlvain was through for 164, uh, and then Mark threw for 194, I believe, or 197. Correct. Or yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I want to go back to Brinkman just for a second. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, three years ago, he came in, uh, I think it was the Hobo Day game, you know, no one at that point, he wasn't as well known. Uh, he's this little, you know, six, two, I think he was probably just two fifty at the time. He was really small for a nose guard and gave us all sorts of fits, even, even at that time. And now that he's grown, he's filled out his frame. Um, you know, he's just, just gotten just bulked up. Um, and man, what a, what a player, you know, I, I just was blown away by him. I, I knew he was good. Uh, and I think our interior of our, our offensive line is pretty good too. Like yeah. Mason McCormick, he did uh, well. Yeah, Mason Wes Ganance, Egan Lickus, like they have played a lot of snaps for us. Um, and they've done well. So it just, man, I'm I, like I said, one of the best things about getting this game out of the way is that we do not have to see him again for at least seven weeks. So <laughs> most definitely, and he was able to. He was able to get his on plays that were just purely impressive plays by him. I mean, yeah. to, be, to be frank, uh, you know, I, I did want to highlight McCormick. He moved his feet really well against him on the rewatch. <laughs> like he did what he could. I mean, I like, you know, he, he never got, he never got too overextended over his base of support to try to quick set him. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with Egan Lickis. A lot of what we did was try to, with our shifts and motions, we would, you know, we would bring the tight end back across the formation and, and have Mark roll out opposite uh, mm. to try to kind of play a numbers game because of the way they did align. A lot of times 
and then when when Brinkman started to make a real impact, he was over center. And that like, man, I I always have had you know low key admiration for centers because to snap to snap the ball first to set the defense to know to know to kind of get your guys in the right calls that they got to make the eats the Teds the tugs the all that stuff. And then to to snap the ball and have to deal with a guy like Brinkman, are you? I mean, are you yeah. kidding me? Um, so hats off to Wes, even though I'm sure he he expects a lot more of himself. I, I'd like to see. I mean, hopefully Tucker Craft is, is healthy. Um, I think he got kind of uh, welcomed to college football. Not not in a <laughs> not in a you know oh he got put on a poster type thing, but he nine man or uh, I'm sorry, was it six man? Nine man, yeah, nine man ball versus you and I right out the gate for your first, you know, collegiate reps trying to block uh, some of these cats. It's a whole different ball game, and uh, I'm very confident he'll he'll improve. Hopefully, he's healthy. Um, had opportunity to catch, you know, his first collegiate pass would have been a touchdown. Got to secure that and bring it in. I'm confident he'll do that. Uh, love seeing Jackson Yankee produce and his brother Jaden. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Um, and then let's transition to, uh, to defense. Can we do that? Yeah, absolutely. Let me get, uh, team stats up here or I can scroll the way down and get either way. So the first half, obviously we had a lot more momentum and balance. Uh, our defense really shut the run down. They weren't able to get going uh offensively as far as the Panthers are concerned uh quick three and out to start um and then you know they capitalized off of the the turnover and put some points on the board uh in that situation and mm-hmm. really, really had a had a third down uh completion I think we're bailed out due to a penalty uh, yep. as well so you know I'd like to see the DBs uh, Don and, uh, want to say, was it Gales? Uh, it was Malik, Malik got a Malik. little grabby. Yeah. So just keep playing. I mean, they're not for what it's worth. Right. I don't, I doubt they're going to listen to the pod and try to take some advice from me, but I'm sure, uh, coach Berge <laughs> and, and the guys are going to get them coached up and just continue to play through your technique. Right. Like, man, like, cause they were, they had them in coverage really. I mm-hmm. mean, it, the benefit on the first touchdown, I believe, after the defensive penalty was as a result of an underthrown ball by mm-hmm. Mac, by McIlvain. Yeah, we're done. If he turns around, he has the pick, right? Yeah. Like, in, yeah. and and uh, Weston turns into the DB. Exactly. So, exactly. That's tough. And that's that's another great point. So I know Isaiah was dealing with a leg injury, but he got shut down. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely, I don't think he didn't. He did, did not have a catch. And nope. Quan Hampton was starting to get going a little bit, right? He had, had some momentum carried carried into uh, the later mm-hmm. parts of the ball game, but Gales popped him and kind of put him in a awkward, precarious position. And mm-hmm. hopefully, he's okay. Obviously, you don't ever want an opposing team's player to go down, but um, we benefited obviously from that as well. And they didn't have their their number one depth chart running back available to them either. Really? Who'd they, who'd they miss? Uh, I was reading the Waterloo paper, and they said something about um, not having their their go-to huh. guy. Wasn't it the guy who who gashed us a little bit last year? No, he graduated. Yeah, 
Are you I sure? thought it was, yeah. Um, okay. According to Farley in the Waterloo, uh, the, in the Courier, their their main running back or who they expected to take some main sta- snaps was not in. Uh, yeah, McKay. Uh, who's their third one? I forget. They did have a third back that, yeah, sure. Yeah. So Don, so Don Williams, though, is they're, they're going to be their stud this year. So that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. The, tr- the transfer from Kansas. Right. So, um, yeah. And he, he, uh, you know, I think early on had, had an expectation on one pretty solid run, right? Like seven, eight yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he thought he might get going and, and get downhill, but that Jack's, run defense i i can't remember i can't remember when we've had a bad rush defense to be honest it's always been really solid and uh now it's like running into an absolute brick wall you know mm-hmm. caleb sanders is a is just a i mean we i feel like we talk about it all the time but he he's a a, a force to be reckoned with you got Crockpot in there obviously xavier yeah um, and then which let's but, talk about that just quick on, on yeah. the interior because, you know, you're out, you're without Xavier Ward, your your senior leader of the group, um, and then Crockett goes down second possession, first possession. Yeah. Uh, and boy, like you're thinking, you know, good thing that that is such a deep position. You know, think of when four years ago when Coach Smith got here, and it was uh, Kellen, yeah. and the kid from McCook Central, and mm-hmm. Cole Langer, and after that you had nobody. Nobody. Really <laughs> yeah. And so now you lose your top two and you don't even notice a drop off. You know, Van Marl played well. Marl, Stacker played Packer, well. Yep. Sanders. Yeah. I mean, shoot. And then you, yeah. that's not even counting the edges, the ends. No. And our <laughs> ends were, they didn't get home all the time, uh, but they were just disruptive, forcing him off his spots. McIlvain, he was having to scramble a lot. You know, that's his MO, but still not being able to have that that comfortability in the pocket that you would mm-hmm. want to have to be able to drive the ball downfield and, and just get more in rhythm, stay on schedule with your with your play calling as well. I think mm-hmm. that uh, seeing Crockett go out is a little nervous because it was a non-contact injury and you don't ever mm-hmm. want to see – you don't want to see any in- injuries, but non-contact, those are kind of tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, Tolu was an absolute stud on the end, right? Like. He uh he got the the well we had two did we have two sacks. I believe no, it we was had, a, nope. We just had one sack, right? No, I believe it was two. Uh because Bach had the other one. Oh Bach did have yeah, Bach did have a sack. That's right. His yeah. pers- closing pers- uh speed on that play as well. <laughs> yeah, insane. I was I was surprised. That's that's really good speed, especially coming from a young backer. So that was great to see. So mm-hmm. um Procedural penalty. Yeah, Hicks, I mean, his burst, I love watching him play. Like, Quentin's so uh, explosive as an athlete. It was interesting, too, because, like, uh, they have, like, those amoeba defenses, right, where you don't don't necessarily get into a set position. You're kind of wandering Mm -hmm. up towards the line of scrimmage. I saw Quentin do that on one of the the third and long plays uh, where he was Mm kind of standing up, and then they ran a games. Uh, it's a little games action where he he came around the the uh, he came around or the end came around him or or something to that effect. But sure. it was really cool to see uh, our defense just rise up because we only 
had eight yards of total offense up until the the game ceiling drive there in the second half. And that was that was disconcerting, right? Um, yeah. A lot of it had to do with us getting uh, behind getting behind the sticks early uh, a couple times, uh, some, you know, a little off target throws where the guys couldn't get upfield as good as quickly and as fluidly as you would want them to. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but, you know, just got to give you and I some, some credit as well for, for rising up, you know, they're no slouch. So, I mean, top, they were coming into the season as top three overall. And so it was, it was excellent to see, a young kid keep his composure um, and just battle back and, and, and find guys downfield. I do, do want to talk a little bit though. Um, about obviously the game changing play uh, shifting the momentum was the transfer Isaiah Stalbert mm-hmm. uh, blocking that punt uh, really contributing. And then I want to talk about another play real quick. Logan Backus making uh, a tackle for no gain on a punt after that procedural penalty that we had was, was absolutely pivotal as well, because, you know, you never know what could happen uh, with a lot of their skill players, you know, the McShane's, the Hamptons, the guys just being able to get off on you at a, at a moment's notice. So um, that's a starter. And what I, what I think is an all American, uh, I'm sure you think he's an all American. I mean, that kid can ball and, yep. and he's, he's always played with kind of a chip on his shoulder, but he's, a, he's a, absolutely an all American. That's part of the reason why I don't think he really needed a splitting hairs player of the week nod. But uh, so the, all the linebackers played great. Um, the the guys stepping up and doing their 111th on the interior of the line allowed those backers to kind of free flow. But Preston, man, he was filling. Preston and Bach and, you know, all those cats were filling. And then uh, Logan, for him to have those two tackles for a loss, especially the one on third in short, was pivotal. Mm-hmm pivotal uh forcing them uh you know to not be able to continue and sustain the drive that was clutch so Stalbert obviously blocked punt setting us up in position to score really changing the tide early on in the game there especially from a couple um a couple drives when we really should have finished I I, I'd like to see Pierre I mean maybe he was just gassed because he did drive the ball all the way down the field on the first series Mm -hmm. but just from where I'm sitting playing armchair quarterback, I keep my best 11 in the game until the game is – until I have secured the momentum there. Um, and I'm sure the coaches know that. I mean, they're not going to learn anything new from me. But, um, but yeah, so offensively, Mark Gronowski, player of the game. Defensively, Preston Tetzloff, player of the game. Special teams, player of the game from the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Isaiah Stalberg. So there we go. Yes, One last thing on the defense. You know, we spent some time on the secondary, spent some time on the on the uh, defensive line. Uh, we got to recognize the two redshirt freshman linebackers, um, Adam Bach and Graham Spalding. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, last year, you know, after the season, um, really heard about. Adam Bach, Adam Bach, Adam Bach. Watch this kid. This is the next. This is the next big thing. Just watch. Um, didn't hear a ton about Spalding, and Spalding's the one that uh, you know had played a couple of games. Bach, I guess, played four games as well. Um, but man, like we talked about before, anytime you lose a Christian Roseboom or a TJ Lally, 
you just never know what you're going to get. Like we've been so blessed to have this run of amazing linebackers here at SDSU. Uh, <laughs> and, and first impressions of Bach. Yes. Like thumbs up. Um, Spalding again, very, very physical, you know, as a, for a former high school safety that if you watch his tape, um, I mean, he's running, like he's running, running, running. Um, you know, I thought he'd potentially be the replacement to Logan down the road. Um, but no, he's over on the other side now, the more physical, or the, the yeah, the more physical of the backers. Um, and man, that one play that he blew up in the backfield, just like, ooh, he's going to be all right too. Brought so pop, even the announcers, even the announcers <laughs> yeah. were, were, yeah. Quite, were quite astonished. They, they yeah. Originally, I thought it was Tetzloff, you know. Yeah, so did I. It looked like a Tetzloff. man, like, <laughs> Yeah. Got it, Nolan. So that, yeah, excellent point. Those linebackers got to get get a, give a nod to them because, mm-hmm. I mean, again, those backs, those skilled players, they're very shifty, and you're only going to continue to see more and more elusiveness as we move into the Valley schedule. Um, and so it's going to be pivotal for them to continue to tackle well, pursue well. Um, they're playing purely of the vein uh, of their position coach, so that's cool to see as well, like carrying on that rich tradition of tenacity and just being absolutely relentless to the point of contact and, and being being physical. So, yeah, great point. Yeah. All right. Great time to transition. We got our awards out of the way. Uh, let's go into this week's game, Jax versus UND, the preview. Uh, they, UND's coming off a, uh, a huge victory, no other yeah. way to put it over uh, Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois was ranked 24th in the country at the time. And uh, UND just slacked them. And uh, the the new polls that came out today, I just saw that UND jumped up to 14th in the country. So (laughs) going from unranked to 14th. So I thought that was a little interesting. Yeah, people are prisoners of the moment. You know, we, you know, even us on the group thread, like, you know, wanting to anoint Mark, but, you know, we got to keep things in perspective. It's a long season, even though it's only eight games. Uh, <laughs> we, have, we have an expectation, obviously, to be playing deep into the spring. Um, but, you know, I think it is good to give credit and respect and discuss historically how prominent of a program UND has been. You know, it's mm-hmm. Division two school, a lot of dollars funneled into the program because they have – probably one of the best, if not the best hockey teams and programs in the country, national championship lower um, Dallas Clark Clarkson uh, on our team was discussing about how they always had, you know, the nicest uh, facilities the nicest equipment at that time during that era. And on the national scale, I was familiar with UND before I was familiar with the team up North because uh, they had, some prominent run during the early 2000s, I want to say, late late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. And the Alaris Center is a tough place to play. I remember Coach Stig, we played UND in 2011 or 2010 and yep. beat them. I think we shut them out 20 to nothing at home. Uh, caught a pass in that game. It was shocking. Hey, there you go. Of course, it was an arrow route check down, but, you know, um, anyways. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, I – We'd be remiss if we did not talk about Mike Morgan's catch. How did he catch that, by the way? Dude, two fingertips. But that's a pure athlete. Like we said, you can't spell tight end. 
or athlete without a TE. Can't spell tight end without a TE either, it turns out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Anyways, well, yeah. It's yeah. so uh, last point on that 2019, they went seven and five. You know, they made the playoffs as an at large contender. They, uh, they took an L. It, I want to say Nichols State uh, mm-hmm. beat them. And so, you know, I think they had a chip on their shoulder. Oh, big sky. Like, you know, that, this is a hockey school. Like the t- other team from North Dakota is the one that you really got to keep an eye on. So, you know, hats off to them for being able to kind of silence some critics early on. Yeah. You know, and looking back to that 2019, um, I think at the time, at the start of that season, their head coach, Bubba Schweigert, was kind of in the hot seat up there. And they've they've changed a few things. You know, they're recruiting more locally now. And they're being able to promise kids that, you know, their family is going to be able to drive to games, uh, I think is helping recruiting. Uh, up in that Fargo-Moorhead area, they're actually kind of being a pain in the butt to the bison up there. We'll get into that in a little bit here. Um, with, with one of UND's star players uh, being right from the Bison back door. And they're offering kids in Fargo. They're offering kids in Moorhead. And those are kids that traditionally, have, if they don't go FBS, they're slam dunk Bison. So if UND can get in there and uh, be a thorn in their side and steal a couple from them, all the better for all of us, right? Definitely. And, <laughs> so, and they're dipping in. Definitely locally, which is going to be nice, mm-hmm. uh, at, at least from the perspective of the Jackrabbits. But they're going into the Netherlands as well. I did notice that they got a cat on yeah. the uh, from all the way out there. So, I mean, interesting. Yeah. So I did a rewatch. I watched the first half of their game live uh, and then duty called as a dad. And was I was not able to watch the second half. So did a rewatch. Uh, earlier this, or I guess the last few days and a few things that I want to highlight as we get going here. So let me get this screen share going. And all right. So we're using some new software on our end where we can look at things together. So uh, for a podcast, this doesn't make sense really, but if we ever do live video or share this video, it'll make a lot of sense. Um, all right. So here's the stats from the game. Um, this cat, Tommy Schuster, he's a red shirt freshman, uh, little guy, six foot, uh, maybe uh, buck 80, buck 90, soaking wet. Uh, looks like he's still playing, you know, uh, middle school football. But he's pretty good. I was I was pleasantly surprised with him. Uh, throws a nice deep pass. Uh, UND uh, has has a big receiver. We're going to get into where they throw a lot of crossers to him. Uh, but he can also go vertical. Um, reminds me of Jake Winicky a little bit, to be honest. This guy, Quincy Vaughn, he's a true freshman. They run him into the game to be kind of a wildcat quarterback. He can throw. Um, the two passes he threw, though, were pretty wild. Uh, again, he's bigger, um, but they're going to the, the announcers, uh, the Midco announcers reference that they plan to use him all season long as kind of a change of pace. Don't be surprised if you see him in the red zone come trotting in to do some type of uh, quarterback keep or power run off the edge or something like that. So it's an interesting combination. It's something I didn't notice watching it live. 
but definitely uh, noticed on the rewatch is someone that stood out to me. That's always a good wrinkle to have, you know, to be able yeah. to, to bring in uh, a wildcat type quarterback or insert another blocker into the, to the run game. I, I liked when we, we did that with Cam, uh, Cam Jones back in the day. Yeah. Uh, that yep. was really nice uh, to be able to do. I know uh, one of the things that I hope we do in terms of the attack uh, is what we did back in 20, 2014-ish, I believe. Zenner Ru- rushed for 295 yards, I think. Mm-hmm. One of his uh, one of his more dominant performances. But, you know, I hope, I hope we do the same thing again. They're going to be quick, uh, you know, probably undersized in relation to our uh, 53-man roster. We're going to be rolling out there. But, you know, they're going to be playing with a purpose and they're going to pursue. And so in terms of our offensive attack, just continue to do what we do, I would say, in terms of uh, mixing in some personnel packages, a lot of 12 for those who don't know, one running back, two tight ends, a lot of trades, shifts, and motions again to, to get the defense to t- uh, tip their hand. And then, yeah, see what Mark can do downfield as a result. Yeah. Yeah. The, their defense, uh, we'll get into just a little bit, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, the one thing that stands out is they have this this trio of really good running backs um, that that does a lot of different things, but they're all built somewhat similar. They're all on the smallish side uh, compared to some of the backs that, that we deploy. Um, the power back of the group is Otis Wea, and this is the kid from Moorhead that I was talking about. A really good player, and I'm not sure if he had a bison offer or not, but – I'd be shocked if he didn't went and played a few games as a true freshman up there. Uh, 2019, he had to sit out though for academic issues, worked his tail off to get back in good standing and he's getting to play this year. So I think that's a pretty cool story. Uh, But this guy is powerful. He's a bowling ball. Like I said, he's not very big, but he wants to run over you. He wants to hurt you. It looks like when he plays Um, the, the, the flashier back is this Luke Skokna out of Illinois. And I remember when he was recruited um, just because his tape was awesome and he hardly had any offers, um, but they run him all sorts of motions. They'll flip it to him. How we used to do with Cade. They'll do like that Tyreek Hill motion where he runs a circle around the quarterback and other running back or bill. Yeah. The orbit and they'll zip him out um, in the flats. Um, the, this Dalton Gee, he's the senior of the group. And uh, he wasn't super impressive, you know, running the ball, in my opinion, but he can catch. He has some crazy hands on him for a back. And uh, I think he may have only caught you know, two passes. Let's see. He only caught two passes for 12 yards. One of them was for a TD, again, in the flat. They looked to throw to the flat a lot early on in the game. Uh, the freshman, uh, Schuster, was a little bit inaccurate when he was looking to throw in the flat. Uh, but he settled down later in the game and was really hitting those. So that's going to have to be something that we're aware of. Because uh, as you talked about in, in the intro here, they want to spread you out yeah. and get you in space. And a guy like Luke Skokna is uh, is a little bit scary in space if they're trying to throw it to him in the flat. So, yeah. The big wide receiver that I mentioned that reminds me of Wenicky a little bit is this Garrett Mogg. Uh, he had almost 700 yards in 2019, a uh, bunch of touchdowns. Jake Richter, interesting story. Um, he was at MSU Moorhead 
and he's a grad transfer. He was all NSIC for a couple of years. Uh, you know, NSIC is no slouch. They have, you know, produced some good receivers. Um, Bull Belquist is a true freshman. So they have some talent. I'm interested to see, you know, what they do. Defensively, though, as you talked about, a little bit undersized from what we're used to. Their defensive line is not big, uh, but they run a 3-4, and their their linebackers and safeties flow to the ball hard. And as we talked about um, with you and I, they they uh, we got behind, right, on schedule a couple times um, where we found ourselves in a little bit longer third down than we want to be. We cannot do that against UND because UND blitzes you everywhere, all over the place. They send safeties, they send cornerbacks, they send uh, every linebacker blitzes at times. Um, they scored a defensive touchdown this week uh, off of a corner corner blitz. The corner uh, the quarterback didn't even see the corner coming. Completely blindsided him, coughed it up. One of the middle linebackers picked it up and trotted into the end zone. Um, they forced five turnovers, five against Southern Illinois. Uh, they're going for the strips. They play good coverage, man coverage. So we cannot have a turnover game because they, that's what kept them in the game. Southern Illinois in the first half was moving the ball up and down the field. They, they really didn't have an answer for what they were doing, but, uh, Southern Illinois went to a wildcat a couple times, fumbled the ball. Obviously, the corner blitz fumbled the ball. Um, it just can't can't happen uh, for us on Saturday uh, because that's how they that's how they thrive. They got so much energy that uh, Southern Illinois they knocked out their quarterback. They just never were able to recover. Yeah, a great way to capture momentum is obviously when the other team shoots themselves in the foot, and that's uh always something that you hope doesn't happen to your squad and the other team gets a case of the yips and coughs it up a little bit here and there but um let's not do them any favors because i'm sure at home even though there's no real home field advantage they haven't had to make the trek they haven't had to do the travel um Mm -hmm. prep and stuff like that so obviously doing all we can uh, having a good week of practice good install on both offense defense and special teams and making sure uh, we clean up some of the procedural penalties. That's going to be a must because you don't want to – there's no reason to have procedural penalties when there's no real crowd there. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no reason to do that anyway. So uh, maybe, maybe, you know, another thing to kind of keep an eye on, I I think, you know, I'm not trying to slight UND when I say that I I do think talent-wise we have a better squad. And I I would say that about almost every team. Uh, maybe every team in the entire country. So when I say that in terms of some of the wrinkles and some of the things they might try to deploy, you know, stemming and leafing on the on the defensive front to try to get the Jacks offensive line to, you know, maybe, you know, jump a little bit, get a little antsy, um, get into their spots. And uh, yeah, so things like that you're going to have to look for and just, you know, be prepared um Mm -hmm. they're gonna throw a lot of different things at you they do like to heat up the offense so Mm -hmm. uh, from an offensive perspective they're probably gonna try to blitz a good bit especially knowing that uh granowski is an underclassman Mm -hmm. trying to see if he can 
replicate the performance that he had at UNI and, and seeing, seeing if he can be correct in terms of his reads and stuff like that. So that'll be something to look for. Again, Coach Eck just setting up the guys to be successful, not, not uh, trying to reinvent the wheel, but doing what they do best. Uh, defensively, just want to see pursuit because they're going to try to run all over the field. They're going to hit us with all types of motions, smoke screens, disguises, and so being able to not get beat deep, I think our safeties did an excellent job against some prominent uh, receiving talent. So hopefully we can continue to um, mirror that performance when we uh, go up to the UND Alaris Center. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested, you know, watching the game with Southern Illinois. I really thought that they would, that they would punish them in the running game with Javon Williams Jr., and early in the game, the, early in the game when they were when I said they were moving up and down the field, you know he was he was breaking off you know some four five six yard runs, but there wasn't anything huge, and it was surprising because watching it, um, they were the UND was playing pretty light boxes. You know, a couple times I counted six guys in the box, yeah. and UND and and. Uh, SIU tried to run it and it didn't go anywhere. You know, some seven guy boxes, especially with as small as they are, but they are quick. Um, even, even Ramir Elliott, you know, like yeah. he the rock a little bit. They, they, his name stuck out as historically someone to, you know, who had a little bit of ability as well. So yeah, you're right. I don't, I mean, the, the biggest thing is whenever I remember coach Meadows used to harp on, you know what you do to a three man front, a three out of a three, four, you run right at it. And that's mm -hmm. historically, um, not not to slight SIU, I know they've had a lot of coaching changes and different things like that over the past decade, but I really only remember them having a stout run defense back in the 2010s. Um, and it, they've been giving up a lot of points historically throughout the years. I mean, we've gotten into showdowns with them in recent years in terms mm -hmm. of putting up. You know, it's like I don't know if the you know what the defense yeah. were doing those nights, but you know to to, <laughs> to give up 44 points. To, albeit, you know, it's not like UND's never played football before. It's just they, they've never been introduced to the Valley. But uh, mm -hmm. having, a, uh, having an opportunity to, you know, put up the points that they did, I'm sure people are on notice now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday. What are you, what are you thinking, Kyle, for, for maybe some predictions here? See, in terms of I, – I like what our defense is going to be able to do. Um, kind of shutting them down and making them one-dimensional. That being said, the spread tends to put points up no matter what. I'm just going to say UND is going to score 14 points total. And I'm going to say – I'll say 30 to 14, just, just to be modest. I think the, I think the spread is going to be higher than that. But Sure. Yeah, I – I think I was like 30, 30 to 17 is what I have in my the draft of my blog that's coming out tomorrow. Nice. So <laughs> we're synced think, up. Yeah, we were, we were close last week too. So is it my pink headphones? I think for those of you who can't, yeah. live, can't see or currently, right. I think it's the pink skull candy headphones I've got. <laughs> we're yeah. just locked, we're locked in. Yeah. Any, any players to watch in your opinion? Let's see. On offense. On offense, I'm going to go Hines because I don't think they have any match for him mm -hmm. defensively uh, whatsoever. 
Um, I could go with low hanging fruit with Pierre, but I don't, I don't know what they're going to do to try to sell out to stop him. So if they do, then I, I still think he'll get his, but I'm going to go with Zach Hines on offense on defense. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Tolu. I think Ooh. he's just starting. I think, I think his stock is starting to rise. I think he's starting to, I mean, he's felt comfortable playing defensive end and, and settling in as a defensive lineman. That's his position now, but I think he's really starting to get a knack for it. I watch his transition pass rush um, and how he's getting off blocks. He's really shocking and rocking them and then shedding them. He ragdolled, you know, mm-hmm. what is what is a good offensive lineman uh, for you and I. So um, I expect that he'll be a handful and then that, you know, that could allow Quentin to eat. So, um, but it all starts with the trenches. So defensively, I'm going to go with Tolu and then special teams. Ooh, throwing that in. Got it. Got one, three phases, baby. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Jackson Yankee because I think that he's, I think he's due for just, he, he had a nice return on, on mm-hmm. Friday as well. So putting us in position, I mean, obviously biggest thing is ball security on punt, uh, punt return. So um, want to see that. So, yeah. Okay. I, on offense, uh, I will take that low hanging fruit. I'm going to go Pierre. Uh, I, I just think, uh, talked about these light boxes. Um, I, I just think the 605 hogs are going to get it done against this uh, smaller group light boxes. And Pierre is going to uh, show that he's a different type of back than Javon Williams Jr., which he is. So um, defensively, I think this is a, uh, you know, I've been going back and forth between uh, Don and Manchigaya. And Don, I think, is going to get matched up with Mog. And whenever uh, Schuster, their quarterback, or, yeah, I think that's his name. It is. Yeah. Um, whenever he got in trouble, he tossed it up to Mog and wasn't always beautiful. And so that's why I'm thinking uh, Manchigaya might snag one. I could also see him, uh, you know, having a role a little closer to the line uh, messing with the Skokna, uh, you know, potentially in the flats. Uh, so yeah, those are my two picks. Uh, I'm going to go, I- I'm going to go with Manchigaya. It's a, it's a good game for the Barracuda. Those and are then, excellent, excellent choice. <laughs> and then special teams, um, until, until I see otherwise, it's going to be Stalbert every week. You know, he was brought in, billed as this special teams demon and he blocks a punt in his first game. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, right on, right on schedule, right? So yeah, I do want to oh. see. I I, I want to give Fromm props uh, for for kicking in in very different footing than what he probably has practiced in because that again, that's like it's like nineteen seventies carpet. Um, <laughs> that that quasi Astro wannabe field turf that they're like trying. They're caught in between. You yeah, know? it's like it's like it's, the stuff like, that people roll outside their camper. When they get yeah. to the lake in the summer, right? Like exactly. that it's like those faux putting greens that you're, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to shirk your work responsibilities that you're just you're dealing with in the in the old office. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, it's like stuck in between. It's like a 13 year old stuck in between puberty and and you know it's youth. <laughs> you're yeah. like, yeah, what is that creature? That's what it yeah. is. But anyways, he did an excellent job dealing with the conditions, and uh, but I. Did I hate procedural penalties from kickers because it's mm-hmm. like one of those one of those things that you mentioned in terms of you know the long snapper you you only when you hear about them it's not good um, mm-hmm. and for us for us to have 
scored, put the ball in. It's 124 left in the half. You kick the ball out of bounds, have a procedural penalty. Then they get the ball with great field position. If it weren't for some stellar defensive play, you know, who knows how that game shapes shapes up. But, you know, I'm sure Stig uh, had a talk with him and just was – was. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to do there either. Maybe they were trying to directional kick it or, or what. But either way, it's a W. We're 1-0. Um, in terms of score predictions, we got those down. Players yep. of the week down. I like your picks with Stallbird, Manchigaya, and Pierre. And uh, yeah, man, it should be exciting. Is, yeah. it a, is it a standard Saturday game? It, it's a noon kickoff, so actually earlier than normal. Love it. So, Love it. yeah. So, no, get it out of the way, right? Uh, get home yeah. at a decent time. I wish we, yeah, man. I wish we, I wish we could. I mean, it makes sense why we don't have the telecasts. Uh, yeah at 11 ish for some of the games, but hopefully we, you know, maybe we can look at some things and, and uh, make some modifications for the upcoming fall schedules. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's on ESPN three, so everyone's going to get to watch it or Midco sports network two, If you have that um, just want to give a quick rundown of the week here. Uh, this podcast should be coming at you on Tuesday. Uh, there'll also be the accompanying blog. Um, that, that highlights UND a little bit, gives some statistical, some more stats than we talked about. Wednesday's the What's Cooking. Uh, I believe Ben and Brendan will have a podcast coming at you, I think focusing on football first. Thursday, we have a special edition of the Takedown Wrestling Podcast uh, where Chad Myros is joined by uh, Jordan Schoenrock, who's been doing a wonderful job with a wrestling blog and, and Twitter account this year. Um, I don't have it, my phone right in front of me to give him a shout out, um, to give him some credit on on where to follow him. Uh, but he'll be joining Chad, so that's pretty cool. And then Friday, Ben and Brennan will be back um, for a basketball podcast, uh, kind of looking at the weekend to come for that. And then we'll also have the what to watch um, <laughs> in the blog, where where the Jackrabbit Illustrated team kind of collaborates on things that they're keeping their eye on. Saturday, we'll dump all that in. Kyle, um, you've been doing a heck of a job on our new Instagram page. Want to give folks the handle on that? Yeah, so it's, uh, for those who don't know, just to give you kind of a quick overview, Jackrabbit Illustrated, Matt started it up, has been hammering away at it over the years and really built this thing into what it is. Splitting Hairs is just the name of our podcast. And then there's different segments, right? So you got it kind of organically came to be that the B team, because their names are both Ben and Brendan, I thought they were just clowning on themselves early on back in the day. And we somehow became known as the A team, the varsity. Just uh, well, no, We became the A team absolutely. because we both said absolutely all the time. Listen, listen I'm trying to build myself up here, okay? Um, <laughs> my hair is going gray, so I got to like prop, give myself some some props. Um, no, uh, yeah, we said absolutely. And that was the filler word that we said about a million times on our very first pod. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of that, so yeah, that that all falls under the Jackrabbit Illustrated umbrella. Matt's been gracious enough to collaborate with, with me on this. And then it kind of just, the ball rolled downhill, Ben and Brendan. And then the takedown segment, which is um, Chad and his team of folks that are helping contribute to content for Jackrabbit Illustrated. So got some exciting things. And so the Instagram handle, which again is just an affiliate of Jackrabbit Illustrated, is Splitting Hairs, and that's hairs as a play on words, H-A-R-E-S, 
underscore podcast. That's the Instagram handle. And then Splitting Hairs podcast on Facebook. Probably ramp up a little Twitter content here soon, but I'm just one man. Mm-hmm. One man. Yeah. And I can't believe I forgot this. We will have our, our first official Jack Rabbit Illustrated hype video Let's coming go. Saturday morning. Let's go. Uh, we have an SDSU student, Michael Hausman, that's joining the team. He's actually our intern. So we have an intern. Um, I have to fill out the paperwork here sometime, but uh, he's going to be doing some work on the blog and also doing a hype video for us every week. So kind of cool. (laughs) And for those who are unfamiliar with his work, just go check out uh, the Splitting Hairs underscore podcast on Instagram. I I shared one of his videos. Uh, It's absolutely uh, phenomenal. So it's good to continue that tradition that we had uh, from, you know, Matt, Colin back in the day doing uh, handling all that stuff and then Keanu mm-hmm. uh, I believe and then now uh, having having Houseman so it should mm-hmm. be good yeah absolutely there we go <laughs> all right Kyle anything else for the for the good folks here oh man no I think we covered it man and uh, just looking forward to getting on the road and, and getting some ball all right That's all we have for tonight. So go big, go blue, go Go Jack. This has been the Splitting Hairs podcast. Remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. And again, like, because they were so uh, dead set on selling out to stop Pierre, he had opportunities on a couple keepers up the middle, and that kid was, he, he was not going to just slide. He's actually our intern. So I'll we have see. an intern. Um, I have to fill out the paperwork here sometime, but.